This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media. And I can't tell you how excited I am about introducing our guest today, not least because he also hosts his own podcast of which I've actually been very honoured to be a guest of. This is Ben Shorter and he is the director of X-Mill Recruitment and the host on the Millennial Podcast. Welcome to you today, Ben. How are you? Very good, very good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you very much indeed. And for those who are joining us over on YouTube, you'll actually see that Ben's sporting a very nice logo on his top. I wonder if you actually have a merch site on your website. Maybe that's something we should think about doing for our podcasts. Not quite yet, but it's something we are considering for the future, I think. Oh, I've I've already thought about it, I have to say. But most of our our audience are over on our our Spotify and uh, other podcast channels are available, of course. So for those who aren't yet familiar with you, Ben, I hope my introduction's done you proud, but just give us an overview of a bit about your background. Yeah, so I mean, I I was one of the people that didn't fall into recruitment. So my dad was a recruiter. Um, I did some work for one of his companies when I was really young. And then when I was in university, decided, okay, I wanted to go into the recruitment industry. And since then, I've been a consultant, manager. I was a trainer for quite some time. And uh, since the pandemic started, what I decided to do was partner up with one of my clients, Xmill. And really start to expand our businesses. So Xmill uh, have a couple of affiliated partner businesses, Be More Recruit at D1. So we've got 11 consultants across the four brands now. That's amazing. That's incredible. And I love the way that you say you're one of the few people that didn't fall into it. I mean, I did. Yeah. But I think when you and I talked off camera before I did your interview for the Millennial Podcast, me and my youngest daughter is without a doubt a mini me and we've talked for many years about whether she should whether she shouldn't and as she's getting older I I firmly think she will choose to go into recruitment so it's so wonderful is your dad still a practitioner is he still in recruitment so he's a a director within Xmill, but he's a a non-exec director now so he he tried to retire and I just kept luring him back dad don't do that (laughs) keep your finger finger in it that's what i say exactly exactly absolutely well i hope he's watching and listening as well and thanks very much for bringing a wonderful man into our recruitment sector of which i'm so proud of now we're going to talk today about something that is not yet hugely prevalent in recruitment i don't think i've shared a post on it i think you commented and when we talked about what we would discuss today because there's so many things we could talk about um we decided that this would be an amazing topic to talk about so we're going to talk about servant leadership so for anyone that that's a new phrase, what does that actually mean? It's funny, like I was even thinking about what, what it means today. So I had a, a quick look online and it's just the idea that a leader is there to serve the people within the business. Mm-hmm. I think that, that's what it really comes down to. So rather than just me being focused on, okay, what is our GP? My job is to ensure that all of my team members are are really happy in the roles that they're doing and they feel enabled to perform. Do you think then that recruitment has harnessed the culture for servant leadership? If we think about where recruitment is, as we record this in 2021, I would definitely say that COVID has probably created more servant leaders than previous to COVID. So, I mean, and I think that's why it's such a prominent time to talk about it, but let's just lay the landscape from what you know, and obviously I can contribute. Do you think that this is something that, will become com- common in the recruitment market. I, I see it, it happening more and more. And I've been really blessed that I had some great leaders that I worked for. And as an example, I'll give a quick shout out, but Alex Fleming, who's now the managing director of uh, the Deco Group UK and Ireland, 
she's probably one of the best servant leaders that I've seen within the recruitment industry. I remember when I was running training for her teams in London, if she had a meeting in London, she would come into a training session and introduce herself to everyone. She'd remember people's names. And she had, at the time that I was delivering training for her, she had more than 650 people within her downline. Wow. But she really made this effort to get to know people, to, to speak to them on a personal level. And I think that's why she is the MD and a relatively like young MD considering the size of business. Mm. But, and I think she came second or third within the top 100 women leaders within recruitment. I think as an industry, we are getting there. I do think so. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think there's always been, and I'm being very generic with this statement, that's the caveat with what I'm about to say, that there's been a polarisation in recruitment with owner-managed businesses and corporates, of which ADECO is one, where in smaller owner-managed businesses, you tend to find you're probably more likely to get that servant leadership style because the MD is probably still billing. Even if it's not delivering, they're probably still business winning. But then in the corporate world, you tend to find that as you go further up that management route, if that's the, the, the role that you go for, you lose less and less of the day-to-day operational style. And therefore, your management or your leadership style becomes a bit more management. It's more business management than anything else. I mean, you're nodding away. So for our audio audience, Ben is agreeing with me. So if, given that that's the landscape then, and I'm very conscious that our, our audience is a real blend of, you know where they're coming from in terms of not only the world because we have quite a global audience now which is fabulous but also in terms of where you're working so if you're a leader you might be running your own own managed business but if you're currently sat in a typical corporate environment how would servant leadership serve you why what is the benefit do you think of being in that sort of culture i think the reality is leisha like if as uh, anyone managing within a business, you should have your sort of ear to the ground as to what's happening within the marketplace. Mm. And in a way, if I'm being like quite brutally honest, mm. it's why what tends to happen in recessions is layers of middle management disappear. Yeah. However, those middle, middle managers don't disappear if they are contributing to the GP of the business. So as an example, when I used to run academies for people, I used to literally be looking at, okay, what calls are people making? Why are they calling that person? Why are they trying to pull vacancies from that client? And then getting involved and thinking about, it. okay, if I was that consultant, is this particular client going to be one that we will win and we'll do great business with it? And I think that that's why I was quite good at running academies because I, I wanted to, I was personally invested in the success of what my trainees were doing. Yeah, okay. And the, the more you've got that ear to the ground and you're understanding what, what's working, the, the easier it is for you to improve it as a leader. I totally agree with you. And having worked through more than one recession, um, particularly the credit crunch recession, which I know you and I talked about in your podcast, I absolutely agree with you. And I often advise people who are in middle management roles, I would say, where they're looking at, you know, and, and you often hear as a rector, you know, why are you looking to leave? Oh, I just don't want to do the day to day anymore. And I literally say, don't ever lose your commerciality. Always keep your finger in it. Because even if you're just doing a, what I like to call the rainmaker role, I think it's a gorgeous role. And I think that's what everyone should do once they get to a certain level in, in their career. And the rainmaker is the business developer. So you're doing the senior business winning, whether it's through retained relationships. And the idea is that it cascades down, which is why you've got this image of a rainmaker cascading down into the business. And that's how, to me, as you move further and further up the career ladder, 
don't ever lose that because I unfortunately I've been at the receiving end of it as a rector where people have got these big teams you know the managing manager the leader of leaders whatever it is but they've not actually spoken to a client for 10 years and, and I'll say this like I, I've been lucky as well to see those types of leaders that I could do get their hands dirty yeah. I, I said it to one of my team members earlier like if if you've got a load of jobs on you need me to help you resolve I don't care it's going to help the GP of the business absolutely it's That's not necessarily so my fault right there so okay being devil's advocate then because I, I totally think this is for me a real shift in mindset but what are the potential pitfalls of becoming a servant leader would you say it's quite difficult you, you've got everyone that you're almost supporting to win like for example I sometimes have to make a decision of okay am I going to pay out commission when I'm almost going to spoon feed someone something? Mm. And it's quite difficult as an individual to make that person because I've got to balance out, okay, do I do that to support someone in the short term? Okay, maybe they have a trainee. Maybe it's good for them to, to get some commission, even mm. if I'm really like spoon feeding them through the process. But ultimately, I'm then going to lose out as a business owner because I'm paying commission when I could have just done it myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes there's that difficulty. And I think the, the real art of servant leadership is to really get to know people. And sometimes that, that can be difficult. It, it, it's time consuming. I mean, I, I speak to a therapist as a way of having my outlet because I know that, well, I could speak to all of my consultants and limit all of my minute, uh, meetings to 30 minutes. But you've been on my podcast. You know I like to talk leisure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm like with my consultants. So if if someone's got a personal issue, I will sit there for an hour and listen to them talk about that. Mm. But it, it can be difficult. It, it's quite draining. And sometimes, like I can lose twelve hours in a day and think, ah, oh, I've done nothing on my to do list. Yeah, because actually you've been serving. So I think that is definitely a word of caution. And I want to come back to the therapy bit in a minute because I think that's yeah. a really good life tip to have. Um, okay, so in that on that basis. In terms of if we look at the behaviours of a of a potential servant leader, would you say you need to be altruistic? Because what you're saying that I've always believed that as a manager, even before it was my own business, when I worked for another company, I, I ran a team, and at one point actually I, I ran a team leader of a team, and I would you call it spoon feeding? I would basically do what I think a leader should do, which is create opportunity and pass that on to your team. Now, is that altruistic? Because ultimately, I don't get the personal commission off that. I, I, but I see the benefit that that hits my net profit and I then get paid on the profit. Yeah, yeah so, I think, I think you have to be like that. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to be, it's not where you're going to earn the most amount of money in the short term. No. Like the, the most amount of money I earned in the short term was when I was a consultant, when I wasn't worrying about anyone else. I had a resourcer, but they come under my cost code. I still got full bonus. They got their resourcer bonus. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was when I was able to make really good money. Yeah. It, it's interesting, I, um, isn't it? Because actually, I think it, the, the reason I really want to hone in on this altruism aspect is that it's, it t- gets talked about a lot about the promotion route. And very often, a lot of companies make the mistake that they just promote their top billers. But actually, what tends to make a top biller is a sense of they just want to make the money. And that doesn't make the best leader. The best leader cannot not be the best biller. And I think that there's a real paradigm shift needed that we move away from that and we look at people's behaviours, their motivators, 
um, and that we champion those people into leadership roles. What, what do you think about that? Oh, I'm 100% with you. Like one of my best friends is a car crash as a manager. Like he, re- he really is. And I <laughs> gave him that feedback. Him then. <laughs> I, I, I certainly won't. And he doesn't work in the recruitment industry, but he, he sells business intelligence. Okay. And a company may try to make him a, a senior leader and it really didn't work out for him. And the reality was it was a stupid mistake on the company's part because he was that top performing salesperson. Yeah. He was someone that saw, okay, this is a client that I want to go and target and I want to win it. Mm. I let me do that for 10 hours a day and yeah. I'll make you a load of money. But if yeah. you start giving me people to train, it, it, it doesn't work. It, it, absolutely. And I have been on the receiving end of that phone call and conversation so many hundreds of times. Hundreds, I've been doing that nearly 20 years. In 2002, that would be 20 years. I have heard that so many times. It's the main reason people leave jobs because their leader is micromanaging them or is the opposite and not having anything to do with them. And so, and, that, and when you actually, you move away from the person you're speaking to and understand that leader, it's because they are not they're not serving their team they're just interested in themselves yeah yeah and it's even funny you talk about micromanagement so on paper I'm not a micromanager but the reality is these days we've got our CRM systems and someone said to me Ben how do you always know what's going on because I'm like refreshing our CRM all the time who's speaking to what clients are they pulling in vacancies the other directors last coming to me is like oh Ben I've got a new vacancy and then I smile he's like you know about it I thought of course I know about it I've seen, I've been watching what you've been doing. He warned anyone that works for Ben. And I think this is the thing, like now because of the tools, you don't need to be that type of micromanager. And I had, as an industrial recruiter, I had my my manager, who wasn't a micromanager, and my area manager that was. And I literally, I'll get a call at 8.15 every day, Ben, how many temps you got out? Tell me where they are. How many temps are you going to have out this afternoon? And then, and then they'll call me, okay, what's happening here, 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 and here? Yeah. Whereas nowadays with systems, you don't, you don't need, need to, to make that. that call. And, and, that, and that, again, the, sort of the polarisation of environments is that you tend to find there are those that sit there on the spreadsheets. So, I mean, it's, to me, your KPIs, people that look at the data, which I think we should all do, you, you understand what metrics make you a success but you then focus back on that if things aren't going well. You just replicate that. You know you know what your ratios are. You know how many CVs you have to send or jobs you have to get on, whatever you're measuring. You know, the outcome is the most important thing. And so for you as a business owner, it's really important to understand what people are doing, but you don't need to articulate that back to them. You don't need to beat them over the head with it because if they're doing the job for you, then that's fine. It's when yeah. they're not doing the job for you. Yeah, like even for, for myself. So we have activity targets, but people that are performing above their GP target aren't really like that activity is seen. So we publicize it every consult and I'm even on there. So my activity is seen by everyone, but there's never a conversation with one of my overperforming consultants about that activity. What it's there for is for underperforming consultants to say, okay, are they doing enough? But if I hire well, then they're going to be doing enough. It's down to me to direct them. But then it's, it is what they're doing relevant for their market. Like I remember I, I was training in a company and they were really hot on activity and measuring KPIs. And if you can't measure it, you can't improve it, which is cool. But I remember one of my little trainees would come in and I knew he wasn't going to hit his activity targets because he would do his own thing. And my deal with that consultant was if 
he didn't hit his GP target, I'd be able to tell him off. So he came in every single month hitting his GP target. Um, why would you then tell him off? Exactly. Hit- and I, I remember once I had a, a, an argument with a, a senior director and it was, oh, ex he's on his phone all the time. I'm like, one second. I went out, I went to the sales floor, got his phone and said, okay, here's his WhatsApp. Candidate, client, client, candidate, candidate, candidate. What? That's why he's on his phone all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think this is the thing, like leadership within recruitment has had to change because 10, 15 years ago, yeah, it was about how you hit the phone or the amount of face-to-face meetings you have. Now we've got so many tools. Which remote- like, I, yeah. I, I know people that bill off the back of their social media content. I know other people that couldn't put a post out on LinkedIn. Yeah, they can sit and make, I don't know, 100 cold calls a day. There's so many ways to succeed now. Absolutely. And I'm really pleased that you made that point. So for those who are watching and listening who are thinking about moving into a leadership role, what advice would you give them to make sure that they are in a good position to become prospects for future servant leaders? We interrupt this episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at Hoxo Media. Now, recruitment agencies invest heavily in LinkedIn licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at. Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies. And we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the Academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this programme. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So I think firstly, it goes back to what you said before, is, is that something that they really want? Like I get a real buzz out of managing someone and watching them perform. Like all of my favourite experiences across my career have been when someone 
that I've trained or developed has suddenly come back to me and said, oh, Ben, I've achieved this. That makes me feel really happy. If that's what you want to feel, then leadership's for you. Yeah. If you care more about how much money you make, maybe it's not for you. Yeah. Like I, I know a lot of really good consultants that make more money than I do. And they just want to be like coal-faced business developers. Yeah. And in terms of approach, like one, look into coaching. Coaching really supported me. So I spent uh, money when I was quite young on going through coaching, coaching certifications just so I could really understand that and really understand, okay, if I'm in a one-to-one with someone, what is the best way to support that, them to perform? Yeah. Because saying to someone, oh, this is step-by-step what to do now, go and do it, yeah. doesn't really work anymore. No, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And, and I'm really pleased that we've discussed this, this last point because very often I'll get my, my clients that work with me, the, the sort of business owners and leaders and senior leadership team, We'll talk about career paths and you know it's so important to have alternatives available internally for those people so that nobody feels like they're just sat in the same role forevermore that if you don't if you do actually make that choice i i often used to say i mean obviously i do have um, a lady called shannon working with me now and um, but i don't feel like i manage her at all you know she's very self-sufficient and i don't have a desire to grow for that reason that i realized now that when i was in the previous leadership role i had a team of about five i was a frustrated wanting to be mum I, did, I think I just wanted to be a mother and I wanted to parent and that's not the same thing as a leader and I think what you've just said there about what motivates you I still get the same buzz when I place a candidate to mm-hmm. how I felt 22 years ago and I think it's understanding people's drivers and that's where a good leader and you know whether it's your own business or whether you're you know, managing the team is understanding where they want to get to and helping them get to it and you know what there should be no right or wrong answer here yeah. it's about making sure you're fulfilling people's full potential so I think it's just an, an immense topic and I do think we will see, I hope that we, because of the fact the world's gone remote and obviously recruiters will all get back in the offices on a hopefully blended and people are happy working in a blended way, that servant leadership will just become the norm where leaders will lead people to where they want to achieve. I mean, I'm sure we'll still have a few a few uh, companies that don't want to subscribe to this, but let's hope it becomes the norm. I think it's one of the things, the reason why I see it becoming more normalised is because I think you can drive top performance by servant leadership more so than any other way. Okay. And I think if I look at the biggest issue with, say, the recruitment industry is the ability to retain staff. Like yep. our, our target is to try and retain 90% of our people over five years. Wow. Because I've seen it before when I worked for a, a company where they had... 14 people in their sales team and you literally had it in almost uh, quarters 25% were bidding more than 750 25% were bidding between 500 and 750 25% were bidding between 250 and 500 and then the 25% between sort of zero and 250 that's what a really good business looks like yeah really and, and you only get to that level like having been around million pound billers the secret to million pound billers is people that stay in a business for between sort of seven to 15 years right listen out everyone to what ben has just said and to those who are let's just say a certain mindset where for some reason you want to move on every couple of years i absolutely agree with what ben has said i've had the privilege of interviewing not many but a few million pound billers and they are there absolutely for at least seven years it takes yeah. that much time to build up your portfolio of clients your talent pool where people come to you and you become that go-to person and whether it's through GP or whether it's through perms 
you know, these people are exceptional. So, oh my gosh, what an amazingly inspiring place to finish this podcast. We could talk for hours more, but I knew so it's so upbeat and I mean, I'm, I know you've done a, a few shout outs there, so we'll make sure that we're, we're, we sort of <laughs> refer to those people. And uh, thank you for joining us today because I know you're really busy, Ben, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again on the channel. Brilliant. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I've loved it. And yeah, thank you so much. See you later.